0: Welcome to the podcast. This is our first uh, ever episode. We're going to call it The Bridge. Uh, I'm sitting here. My name's Evan. I'm the uh, I'm the voice of the right, the right wing, <laughs> the, the right way to do things, if you will. And I got my buddy here, uh, Tristan. Uh, he is the the voice of the left in yeah, the conversation. left out in
1: the cold. Always the victim.
0: <laughs> Never the victor. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Adam over there doing the... Uh, the music and all the editing and uh, the fact checking. Yeah, and, you boys. Uh, yeah, you know, I think it would be. Uh, well, what do you want to start talking about today? Like, I, I feel like I kind of want to dig into that whole uh, that whole Cara Dune firing of uh, interesting. Uh, You're gonna have way more info on that one. I, I mean, I read about, I've read about it yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: But Star Wars was not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big Star Wars fan. I, I was more. I was not even really into Star Trek going growing up, but it yeah, was yeah, like yeah. I was definitely more into Trek than I was into Star Wars. My dad tried multiple times to get me into it, but it was just it wasn't for me, I
0: don't know yeah, no I mean like I think it's just more about you know the whole the whole cancel culture mentality, I think that's kind of what I want to bring yeah. up here, I guess in the first episode. I mean, yeah. do I have an issue with it? Absolutely, I mean, I think people should uh, you, you, you you're bound by the First Amendment down in the states. We have the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms that allows you, you know, your freedom of your expressions and your beliefs. But it, it just seems to me that whenever, you know, anybody with a more right, exp- uh, you know, expression or a more right, uh, you know, way of thinking and doing things starts voicing their opinions. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, it, it's very quick to, oh, demonetize, cancel or, you know, shift it. I mean, what Gina said, I wouldn't have said. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I wouldn't compare being a Republican down in the States to being... You know, a, you know, a Jewish person in the Holocaust, and you know, I I probably would have had a conversation with her, but I think they really overstepped by basically, you know, kicking her off the uh, the show, and they I don't know if they're replacing her character or they've killed her off already or what they're planning on doing, but to me it just it doesn't seem fair, you know. Well, I think that there's a way to have. I think
1: I, I agree that it's it was wrong to make the connection. I think this is going to be weird. Where I'm probably going to. Dip my toe more onto the right than the left, but I think that there's actually a way to make that comparison indirectly without being so flippantly offensive towards people who are still alive who literally lived through the actual atrocity Yeah, absolutely. And just to to basically throw a red flag of going, hey, before there were there were gas chambers, there were you know uh people who were being excommunicated for their opinions. That's true, right? And so if you were to have a conversation like that in a legitimate way. Um, I think that there's a way to do it properly, appropriately in which then you have a leg to stand on but when you go so extreme into one side, it's super tough especially when you're dealing with like you got to remember, Disney Disney is the king of cancel culture in the sense that they've been canceling your public rights forever, right? Like that's well, true. From a, like in the legal sphere, it's a unique one because the only reason why Mickey Mouse is not in the public sphere for all of us to use as characters as we want is because they've petitioned the court using all of their too big to fail backing for the last forty fucking years. No kidding. So yeah, like it's called the Disney rule. And yeah. Disney has extended how long your trademark lasts beyond the death of the author. Because when they first got into business, when uh, when Walt first designed all of these guys, it used to be the death of the author, all of the characters, any of the designs go into the public access. Yeah. Then it was death plus 5. Then it was death plus 10. Then plus death plus 20. Okay. Now they're up to death plus 40. It's insane. They That's just keep, nice. keep boosting it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So oh, the, the one thing that makes me kind of chuckle is, you know, Walt Disney wasn't exactly the most uh, <laughs> the most semitic character, most you know supportive of that whole group, and you know, and then they fire the you know Caradine or Gina, um, you know, for for that that little comment. Just kind of, you know, you kind of see the irony in that, you know. But uh, I, I think a lot of it's to do with the uh, the fact that they pander so much to uh, the, the Chinese. You know for their for their mark for their marketing and for their uh for their profiteering i mean you're dealing with a country that openly uh you know abolishes people's rights and freedoms and oversteps them and over you know overrules them and uh you know when you have a company that you know the, the main source of their revenue is coming from a place where freedom of speech and expression isn't really uh you know a way to run the country yeah uh you know it, it doesn't surprise me that they can so um you know haphazardly and easily write someone out of a script but you know you got to look at Disney, too, and say, you hired an ex-UFC boxer. Yeah. You know, the lady could probably, like, pick me up whole and bench press my body. And don't get me wrong, that's a, that's a thing of attraction for me. I like the Amazon ladies sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, when you look at it, you hire that person on, you kind of have to have an idea that, you know, maybe they're probably going to have a little bit more of a a perspective that's, you know, not Disney compliant. And, you know, maybe that's just the way Disney needs to go about hiring its actors now. I mean, if they're going to have this very strict, um, you can't speak about this, this, and this, then, you know, they have to hire people who kind of fall into that cookie-cutter shape, which is unfortunate because, in my opinion, you lose a lot of uh, the other perspective when you hire only one belief and understanding, you know?
1: I, I agree I think one of the benefits come out of it and and I think that there's a there's a way to get me wrong in the next sentence here but the benefits to get out of come out of it is that it creates more diversity in the in in the entire industry because those people then become available and if there's enough fan support to try and get them into something I mean we got to remember the first people to cancel, uh, people for for comments that were anti-Semitic. I mean, go back and look at the re- first time Seth MacFarlane was cancelled, right? True. And it was for anti-Semitic comments on Family Guy. It was a Jew joke, right? From a Jew, no less, on a station run at the time primarily by the Saudis. So, yeah. very, very unique scenario to be cancelling from, but it was the far right that was doing the cancelling at that mm-hmm. point in time, right? And so, there's it's kind of an interesting middle ground with the ways in which that works. I think that there's also been a lot of focus on people talking about like Colin, Colin Kaepernick and Nike getting canceled from the right and how that pendulum's just swinging back. And so I do think it's basically because in the last few years we've seen the rhetoric from the right become more mainstream and therefore the rhetoric from the left has become considered socially more fringe. And so we're now starting to see the extremes propping up more on the left cuz prior to that freedoms were almost always coming from the arts right like i mean you go back almost a century now and elvis presley for all of the shit he stole from black people he also granted <laughs> the united states the right to shake their hips on stage cuz that was illegal at the time yep right and uh you go back to george carlin and all of his favorite comedians and and the people who inspired him and you know you got the the words you can't say on radio shit piss Fuck well, kind of let me ask you this: I mean,
0: if uh, <laughs> if you were if you were around in the in, in the '50s down in the states, you know, you would have been raised with a very regimental. You know, this is the way things are. We're free. Uh, you know, this is we like our big cars. We like our uh, we like our jazz music, and you know, it, it, wouldn't you think the U.S. in your opinion made the most dynamic shift to uh, you know more of a you know. Let loose kind of culture. I mean, like that—that's kind of what you brought up with uh, with Elvis. There, you know, like was it Elvis you think, or was it? In my opinion, it was the Vietnam War. That's when I think the 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 bulk of the American people really made that shift. But yeah, I mean, what's your opinion on that? Towards more freedom, like, or to more the more, I guess, towards more freedom of expression. Because you know, yeah, it, it, it was more like you, you had to comb your hair, you had to part it, you go to church on Sunday. You know, that's that's what I think of when I hear, you know, 1940s, 1950s America. Yeah. And then, you know, late 50s, early 60s, all the way up to the 70s. I think that would have been, you know, a big time of, you know, change, right? Well, I think what you have to remember, too, is like the
1: injection into the arts of black culture is a huge importance that... Created a uh, different space for people to kind of flex different artistic backgrounds. Sure. And up until the, the 60s, there were still abolitionist style movements going around throughout the US. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think it was 67 that the Catholic Church stopped uh, teaching that the Jews were on the wrong side of things. So you got to remember, like, the, the view and the opinion of a lot of the people in the United States. Was colored by that, right? It wasn't until the '70s that once once blacks had uh, more or less equal footing. uh, And again, I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, as it's not (laughs) equal, and I'll acknowledge that at at the outset. But in the 70s when, you know, at least legally speaking, they were put on the same level grounds, it wasn't until then that the Catholic Church started focusing on abortion rights and restrictions. So I think that you've got the black movement and the gay movement in through the 70s and 80s mm-hmm. that injected itself into art because when people are repressed, you find art, right? Mm-hmm. You go back in time and and you go through literature and one of the fantastic things about literature is most, most poets... Um, and historical writers were paid by the kings by the people in power but at the same time we're using flowery language to critique them in a way that went above the head of yeah. the king because that guy had his head so far up his own ass
0: he he just saw it as compliments and didn't read it for what it was which was a complete call out of their horror i mean you can look at any uh, any chapel in in, in europe you yeah. know like uh, the, the artists the painters the sculptors back then i mean you, you go to uh, like for example like i went to uh, france for my honeymoon years ago and you go to Napoleon's too, and all through it you get all these uh you know these different almost masonic symbols uh, that are actually kind of you know. Uh, sculpted into this tomb. I mean, it has nothing to do with Napoleon or his uprising or anything else. It's just the way the the artist kind of expresses uh, you know that freedom of belief and you know that uh, the, that I guess Masonic way of thinking. Uh, I'd be happy to get into that, but uh, maybe another time. <laughs> I supposed, you know, I was learning where the Ark of the Covenant is today. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm keeping that secret. Well,
1: but but yeah, I think the 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 more moral or ethical freedom that more social freedom kind of was born out of repression the the voices got louder and it became more explosive True. and we started seeing a lot more force with it and then you start seeing things trying to suppress it right like uh drug culture arguably for uh, as someone who who sincerely loves certain substances um <laughs> it, it allows a certain degree of of uh freedom socially it, it allows you to speak in a way that is uh oftentimes frowned upon because you're removing a filter that's expected to be there yeah. as if your job is to to pad the world for the for the person that you're talking to which i, I think is inappropriate and wrong i think if everybody were to get nice and high and come to the table for a beer it would be uh i mean maybe don't mix them on your first go yeah yeah, but yeah but you know i I think the
0: conversation would be better i totally agree with that i worked for a general manager a little while ago and uh his whole ideology was like uh, just if if the world could just get together you know and just just beer and bud you know a little bit of you know five percent light beer maybe up to you know a nice stout, seven eight percent You know, and then, you know, like a nice B.C. bud, you know, 15 to 25%. You'd agree with that, Adam. I mean, like, if everybody just, like, got together once a year, like, even, like, workplace or whatever, and you just call it, like, I don't know, National Get High Day or whatever. You know, you show to work, you get paid. You smoke a joint you have a beer <laughs> and you go home right everybody does that one day it'll be like christmas but
1: better but see i think the funny thing is too is that like we're preaching to the choir because i think that basically everybody below management is already down with that lifestyle anyway yeah. because we need to cut the fucking edge <laughs> otherwise man just what a boring daily grind life can be Absolutely. so it's like a lot of the time it's just about giving yourself a break but I do think that that artistic repression is what we see uh, kind of coming into the forefront. A lot of people being able to do things that they weren't able to do. And yeah, I mean, you get to see a whole bunch of different uh, interesting forays into different use of language. I think the the arts as they started expanding, uh, you know, into music and started getting into hip hop, you start now, nowadays, if you... If you listen to the radio, you'd be hard-pressed to find a song that doesn't have a specific rhyme scheme that was born out of hip-hop. True. Right? Yeah. And I think that that's a really cool thing to note because now we're even seeing that in country music, stuff that was almost exclusively white-based. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I think that there's been a massive culture shift, and it's happened at a lot of different levels, uh, socially, intellectually, um, culturally. I think that, you know, you've got... When you have so many people from so many backgrounds living in in one place, eventually <laughs> things are going to get blended. You're
0: going to have an interesting fusion. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's uh, kind of been going on ever since you know the creation of I want to say uh, North America in a big way. I mean, like you had all these people coming over in boats that had to you know coexist with each other, or you know, not in a lot of ways. Uh, but my uh, my my favorite place to you know read about and you know talk about is New York because every time you go there you know you you got your Chinatown, you got your little Korea, you got your uh, little Italy, you got all these cultures that you know work together in a lot of ways to you know create uh, you know, a place where, you know, the arts could express themselves. I mean, you had, and, and food is an art, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite arts, <laughs> if you, you can tell just by looking at me. I mean, uh, y- you have a whole bunch of cultures that come together. And I, I imagine back in the old Western days, if you'd never had, you know, spaghetti before, it would have been like eating worms, <laughs> you know, like, if you think about it. Like, uh, and, and now it's a staple in our diet. And, yeah. You know, I always love trying new foods and new things, because you, you kind of get that expression of that culture, too, through the... Uh, through the diet but uh you know in a big way yeah music's probably the one that carries the most impact because you can reach a really large audience with your word like i remember uh you know uh when I was when I was you know a kid my parents wouldn't let me listen to rap music because it was violent and all this other stuff and you know you go over to that one buddy that would be like really into Eminem or really into you know uh, Straight Outta Compton or you know those and you start listening to the music you're like wow that's really that's really you know that's really violent right because you know when you're a kid you always kind of reflect what your parents say but you know, uh, I guess now that I'm a little older, you listen to that music, and you're like, wow, you know, maybe that, uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah, fuck the police, right? Yeah, I have such an intro. Like, my parents are hippies, so, like, my
1: my parents, like, my my mom was an Elvis Presley fan on a level that would, would make a lot of people shudder, because I have a life-size cutout of Elvis at the upstairs of my parents' house.
0: My mom has a life-size cutout of Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> all uh, right,
1: very different <laughs> background, but yeah. And then my dad was all about TLC and Missy Elliott and... And so, like, I listened to Pac and, like, all of this growing up. Like, That's and, awesome. And so, like, I was nine when Pawk died, but I was listening to him for most of my teenage years. I was the white boy in school that, I mean, I'll straight up claim ignorance. I had no clue what was going on because, like, growing up in Vancouver, there were maybe four black people and two of them were in my family. And so it was like, there wasn't a whole lot of experience outside of it. And because they're in your family, they're not exposed to the culture as well. So they actually can't clap back at you if you do something. So I I would do something as like, uh, hey, I'm wearing the clothes of the people I like, but I'm wearing G-Unit or FUBU. And I didn't realize, you know, up until I got older and started meeting people outside of my little bubble, that that was probably not the best way to go about it yeah I, i'm starting to understand the weird looks i would get from teachers more more uh, more recently totally yeah so, you
0: know. absolutely yeah no it's uh, it's always funny when uh when uh, y- y- especially as a kid you, you innocently get into uh you know a, you know, a culture a, a belief system or a society group and you know if it's if it's a little bit you know, estranged from societal norms is how everybody kind of reacts to you. Yeah. You know, it's a uh, it, for example, like uh, Adam and I used to play Star Wars all the time growing up, right? And there was other kids on the block, but they didn't play Star Wars. So they didn't play us. Yeah. No, no, no was you know, it, it was it, his next door neighbor didn't have any Star Wars toys. No, so, no, nope, nope, it was didn't find come <laughs> over. No, <Nope, laughs> nope, he's uh, he, he didn't didn't play with us, Not, he not didn't Have guy.
1: like Star Wars: Return of the Tmnt.
0: <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: Raphael coming <over> to him. <laughs> learn the force. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I mean, I think, but that's. It's kind of interesting because that those feelings we had as a kid, where you're like, "Oh, you don't have Star Wars toys, you don't get to fucking play with us." That's kind of that tie in that childishness of the cancel culture culture that you're talking about. That yeah. idea of you have a different opinion, therefore, fuck off. And I do think that there are there are merits to it, right? Like there are certain times. I don't think like, so personally. Well, in some respects, I don't think you should cancel a. a I would
0: say there's times where cancelling makes sense. Well, here's the thing, I mean, in my opinion, everybody should have their voice heard, no matter how ridiculous it is, and you have to shine a light on the ridiculous sometimes, because this whole cancel culture, what it's done is it's allowed all these, uh, what are you, QAnon guys to go and, you know, uh, they they basically created this whole belief system of conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory, and because there's such a cancel culture with our media, no one really could shine a light on it until it was, in my opinion, too late. You know, like I would have rather they just addressed it at the time, said, OK, this is what's out there. This is what this is. You know, let everybody know about it. Let everybody know the, the fallacies and everything that go with it. And then, you know, let people make an educated decision. But the problem is, especially in this pandemic, you have a lot of people that, you know, when they're told not to believe something and it's canceled, you got to lay into it. It's just human yeah. nature. And that's kind of. In my opinion, what kind of the backside the problem with cancel culture is is the things you cancel become martyrs.
1: Yeah, I, I, so okay. I, I agree. I think there's two points that we need to, that, that need to be made. I think um, one of the the interesting ones is when it comes to well, okay, so for pl- deplatforming the yeah. the idea that we're associating with cancel culture right now. Um, the reason why that exists, I almost, the, one of the reasons why I'm, I, I'm hesitant to say I dislike it completely is because legally one of the reasons it exists is because of religious people trying to cancel other people's rights to have, uh, so it, the, the lawsuit about eight years ago about your, uh, you need to make cake for days... Right? that uh, was born out of one of the central states and it was uh, some religious bakery didn't want to make a gay wedding cake once homosexuality, uh, like gay weddings were legalized yeah, in the US. Yeah, yeah. And so the Supreme Court decision was that a business can make a decision and basically cancel other people from using their platform, right? Yep. You don't get to get it from our bakery because we as people don't agree with you.
0: Fair enough. And, and you know, I think on a, on a private industry base, that should be allowed to do but when when you take it to the extreme like you also have to take in consideration that hey you should close that it's getting a little chilly. Uh, you, you should also take it to the extreme and say well yeah i mean it should be within bounds for any business to you know reject service or whatever from anybody but when you have these big corporations like facebook twitter and all these other companies that you know the bulk of the population gets their communication media and news from in my opinion, you shouldn't really have the right to cancel anybody's Facebook account or Twitter account.
1: Well, I'd go a step further and I would actually go, wouldn't it be nice if we had a government that had regulated these industries to prevent monopolies from from forming so that we could actually have a diversity of voices? Because I think that the biggest issue we have, like. I'll 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 fully grant that social media is about as left-leaning as it can get socially mm-hmm. speaking, right? I would say not necessarily politically, but socially speaking 100%. They they monitor words more than anything. But in Canada at least, our print media is the complete opposite. Our print media is owned like almost primarily by post media post media is a conservative based group they're owned by a new york-based hedge fund yeah. right so and then you've got the jccf out of calgary that is uh one of the predominant think tanks that underlines most of the stories that post media produces you also have the the fraser institute which is another conservative think tank in uh, the lower mainland of bc um and they, they're the ones who are informing a good portion of the financial, like any of the economic clapbacks that the left give yeah. against the right. And so print media is exclusively right-wing in Canada, and Ooh. social media is almost exclusively left-wing. Yeah. So you get a very weird extremist bend on both. But I think the other one that was really cool is I was reading an article about a, a video game designer. He was talking about... Uh, QAnon, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about the most unique aspect of it, and it's this phenomenon he calls apophenia, and apparently video game designers know all about this, and the way he explains it is, he designed, the first game he ever designed was just a room that you had to get out of, and he had 20 people that were trying to get out of this room, and... kind of just looked like you know brick walls it was kind of like a prison like metal bars over the windows all that stuff and the problem was because you do all sorts of stuff like hey you know what we're going to put a cardboard box in this corner and like when you're a designer you're just throwing design up oh there's going to be grass along this brick line and all that and what he had noticed is he had put a bundle of wood in the middle of the floor but by pure happenstance that bundle of wood looked like an arrow yeah and it was pointing at a wall and all 20 of his test group stared at that wall for almost the entirety of their test run. They couldn't get around to the fact that that was an arrow, and it's pointing at the wall. This is the only way I'm getting out. Yeah, There's yeah, something yeah. about this, but it was a mistake. Yeah. And he said what video game designers do is they take those test groups, and they turn that arrow. Either they remove the arrow, or they make the secret in the wall, because they found out that everybody's going to look that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said what QAnon does is guided Apophenia. They're making okay. you, they're they're putting the arrow there and pretending like they didn't. It's a fake series of breadcrumbs leading mm. you to a conclusion they've already made. But they're making it feel like you came to that conclusion yourself. Dangerous. Right? And that's yeah. really the scary part is it's making you feel like you reasoned your way there. Because it was reasonable for all 20 people yeah. in a room of mysteries
0: where you're looking for a mystery. Yeah. To look at something that looks like an arrow and go, that's an error. That's exactly it. You know, you, the human brain, uh, we, we evolve through seeking patterns, right? Yep. So the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to kick into that lizard brain, as you know, a lot of people like to call it, and you just kind of look for things that you can associate as pattern, right? I mean, it's, it's really difficult when you, when you deal with a group of people that, you know, rather than kind of choosing rationality and logic, go to the pattern kind of system, yep. because that's kind of what makes it a lot easier to create these conspiracies, right? Because if you just, like you said, leave those breadcrumbs out and say, oh, well, let's see where this ends (laughs) up, right? And then, uh, you know, obviously, like, there wasn't a Pizzagate. You know, there isn't, I don't think, a uh, pedophile sex ring, especially ran by the government. I mean, if there's a pedophile sex ring, it was Jeffrey Epstein, and they fucking buried that as quick as they could. That's something I'd love to talk about. Well,
1: there's a a really interesting... Um, there's a show called The Patriot Act on Netflix, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's um, it, it's hosted by a comedian, and he's got, from a Saudi background. He was born in the U.S., but uh, what's interesting is he actually talked about Jeffrey Epstein, and he was talking about, I can't remember the name of this guy, but there's this guy who, who owns 17 of the mansions in that like super wealthy area on Florida where yeah, Epstein yeah. lived. He lived four houses down from Epstein, and the only, there's only one photo of him in public, and Netflix couldn't afford it. His show couldn't afford to buy the photo for the episode. Okay. So this is how extreme it is. But the, the Miami Herald, which leaked um, uh, specific pedophile rings. You had the Boston Globe, which was the one that leaked uh, the Catholic Church ring. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that race before nine eleven. 11 They made a good movie about they that. They did make a good movie about that. What was that called? Uh, Spotlight.
0: That was a good movie. It was
1: a very good movie. Yeah. So. Um, all of those newspapers, all of these independent newspapers along the eastern seaboard that had been uh, uh, basically shining a light on pedophile rings mm-hmm. and pedophile trades have
0: been bought up by one guy. This guy who owns 17 houses and lived next to Epstein. That's... Uh, they should look into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, and then uh, that was the... <laughs> there's your breadcrumbs queuing on if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think, the second to last episode of that show before it got canceled on Netflix. No shit, eh? That's, yeah. That's... Uh, you got to wonder how much money those guys have, you know? Like Like... Yeah. Uh, you know, to be able to like, there's there's fuck off money where you you know you're, you're you got a few million in the bank, you can go out for dinner whenever you want and you know do that kind of thing. But then, like, how much money do you need to, you know, like turn turn off po- people's morality? And at what point, do you, like, is 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 pedophilia okay? Like, is there's obviously a scale no one knows about, and uh, there's there's a dollar amount that once you reach it, you can then have sex with children, and it, it baffles me. Like, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, in, in my opinion, this is an opinion. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein was killed by MI5. As soon as they, as soon as they found out they had, you know, a little bit of tie with the royal family, he was in a cell, and then this big goomba guy he was sharing the cell with, uh, you know, uh, they, they put him in there, and then oh, the cameras aren't working. You know, it, it's not a heart attack. It's not Russian. You know, yeah. like oh, he had a heart attack. Uh, yes, he's dead. <laughs> no, it's it, it's the cameras didn't work, and then he was dead somehow, and. You know yeah. uh, they're looking at all these autopsies and they're like this guy was strangled and they're like no no no, he, he wasn't a strangulation he hung himself it's like well look at the <laughs> look, look at the marks on his neck you know throat. like that usually like if you hang yourself your marks are going to be up around your uh, you know i think this is the carotid artery i'm yep. not sure uh but yeah if you're choked it's usually down around the collarbone right so you know unless you like hang yourself like this which no one can do i mean you know it, it doesn't it doesn't compute in my opinion but, yeah, I don't really have an opinion for who
1: it was. It definitely smells really bad, but that—that's pretty much the extent that I tend to go on things where I haven't really looked into it. Is I do the smell enough. test. I yeah. don't know. The that legal background lends me to not really wanting to give an opinion if I don't if I haven't <laughs> looked into it. <laughs> I'm more like, oh, I'll cast doubt over here. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah no, that's I, it. it was
0: just it was just really strange how you know they, they released. I don't know which what what Duke or whatever incest baby the royal family they had. You know, that was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein, but they had pictures of him with, uh, you know, this 17-year-old, 16-year-old girl. As soon as that made the media, a couple days later, he was dead. You know, like, you look at the timing there, and you're like, okay, if I was going to, if I was upset about something, I'd want to deal with it right away. And then you look at the trend of what was reporting, and you kind of say, well... The last thing that the media really was on about was the fact that he was hanging out with his royal, and that royal's been absolutely like dis- like excommunicated from the uh, royal family now. I think Prince Philip was it. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that was before both of our time with with Diana and all of that, and a whole lot of conspiracy with the royal family and their input. But that. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, I, I would definitely not doubt their ability or desire to do anything to shut people up that yeah, might, yeah, yeah. might cast those lights. I mean, uh, they're they're literally a church. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah no, they're just like the Vatican. Yeah, they're going to shift their like the around
0: and hide everything they can. And, and you kind of look at it and you say, okay, well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. The, the funny thing about the Diana accident was the only person that lived, in the whole accident was the one guy that was wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. You know, and then you look at that, you're like, well, maybe that's, you know, if you get into a catastrophic accident, you're not in a seatbelt. You're as good as dead. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just unfortunate. But, yeah, there's, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> I really, know. really don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <once> Let's <laughs> open the door to conspiracy theories, I guess. Was the moon landing real? And, uh all those different species of cats on Mars. You know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> cats on Mars? Oh, what? I don't know. My grandma used to love reading the National Enquirer. So <laughs> my grandma, too. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I guess they she, love... She
0: called call it the dirty paper. She's this old English lady. She's like, <laughs> oh, Evan, could you please go get the dirty paper? And I'm We're like, Very grandma, different
1: grandmothers. Mine was like, the, uh... This is stupid news. I like to read it. Yeah, a very Russian lady.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very stupid. Uh, oh, give my, me, give me my scratchers. My grandma's like <laughs> your, your typical, like you know, haute cuisine eating, you know, English lady, and uh, right. you know, just just a classy. Like I, I imagine, like back in the you know 40s, 50s, she she would have been a classy broad, but you know, now it's time kind of catches up with you, and she's got some pretty. uh pretty funny opinions on how things (laughs) work i think the older you get the more more
1: people should just give you your space to to breathe which is probably why facebook is such a horrible place because it's like everybody over the age of 55 with opinions that are just as old as they are (laughs) Uh
0: it's just yeah 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 absolutely like i'd say that's half my facebook right because i'm friends with a lot of guys in the car industry and there's a few older guys too and they they got some pretty uh Dinosaur opinions. Yeah. Yeah. You know? that's, that's the way I'd put it. I mean, I, I'm as right wing as they come, but when you when you start talking about like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you are as right wing. I think there's certain things, I think fiscally
1: you might be as right wing and like with certain policy, but like I think, you know, dinosaur opinions that te- that that tickle the funny bones of religion and whatnot are ones that might give you a little bit of a shudder, but I don't know, it's I think that the the whole issue with all these social media ones is the fact that I can even name Facebook as one that's almost exclusively used by a specific age group is a problem yeah right yeah, because like, then they're not interacting with the rest of the the actual newsworthy events that are going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think further to that like these echo chambers we're creating and that's one of the one things that I I really dislike about what's happened with whole, the whole Gina cancellation is yeah. I'm fine with people like I would love for her to have an entrepreneurial st- uh, like setup. But I really do not think that that's gonna come from the dishonesty that is the Daily Mail. Um, So I really don't know how that's gonna go because that's Ben Shapiro's platform. And Ben, for a a lot of what he says, is pretty much he just has a machine gun approach to, to debate. And it's like, well, you can handle... I know you could probably handle five of these points, so I'll spit out 25 and then call you on the 20 you didn't get. And that's, that's again, just playing hide the ball, and I don't like that because the left already does that. We don't need the left and the right doing that at the same time. We need something... Something to bridge the gap between cunts and assholes. So, uh, yeah, here we are, guys. Here we are. Hello. But we need need a middle ground. You need the ability to criticize people from both sides. One of the things that I love that I don't think is getting enough um, passing on the news right now is Justin Timberlake is the left's little darling, and he just got dragged through the ringer on SNL, which SNL was basically just, you know, uh, politically baiting people for the last four years with Trump's kids, mm-hmm. so it's, I think, you don't have to give them props, but it's nice to see them go after one of their own, right? Well, uh, you know,
0: I think if you get into a, you know, a politic position, you, you almost have to expect that, you know, the bulk majority of the media is going to make fun of you, and yeah. uh, there's going to be satire, but, you know, I've never seen so much, you know, uh, unification of... You know, the, the, I guess I guess the left kind of media in the states as as when Trump was in power. Yeah. You know, I mean, when I grew up with Bush as uh, president down there, and you know, yeah, there was the odd thing when he said nuclear or whatever. And, you know, they they make fun of him because he don't, have don't have know how to say words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite quote of all time. <laughs> but yeah, but like with Trump, it was just like every day there was something, and I think it really desensitized yeah. a lot of people to, uh, to to the truth, right? Because, like you said, when you put out twenty facts and you can only check two or three of them at a time, yeah, you know, you're going to create that leniency, and you're going to create that that ability to really kind of let the uh, cancel culture kind of come in, right? Yeah. I think, in, in my opinion, if I was a right-wing person down in the states right now, I'd jump on the bandwagon to get Trump out of the party. I, I'm shocked that the Senate didn't uh, elect to impeach him, because now they got to put up with him for the next election and this year, and who knows what the fuck he's going to do. Well, you're and, now seeing the right side yeah. is now actually talking about
1: forming a third party. That would that's gonna be like of... the most unique thing ever. That's... Left, left opinions have divided, but if mm-hmm. you go through if you go through the statistics that they have, like we have stats can up here, but they have a lot more independent polling. Yeah, but most independent pollers in the U.S. show things like universal health care over sixty five percent, right? Support for that, stricter gun laws over fifty four percent. So, like when you look at those things and you realize, like the formation of a third party is the segregation of. The, the minority. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're taking uh, like roughly 45% of the population and dividing their party into two whereas you've already got that on the left largely because the most left guy is an independent. No. Right, Bernie? And no. He's been He's been so hardcore rejected by, no, by no. the left mainstream. Absolutely. That Trump, Trump called it out in his first election no. campaign in fucking 2015. He was calling out Hillary the whole time. Like, are you shitting me? You, you got, you've you given him 10% of the airtime, CNN. And like, it's actually
0: really interesting when you actually put these politicians on a political spectrum. Yeah. Right? Like, Because Trump, actually, uh, I think there was there was a political compass thing I did online a little while ago out of the UK. And they actually put Trump as left less right-wing than Biden, but more authoritarian. And, you know, when you look at that, that's not really how the Republican Party... You know, sits. I mean, usually they're a little further right and you know a little less authoritarian than the uh, the Democrats. And I just find it odd that uh, you know uh, you have all these people that are by uh, you know following somebody that really doesn't historically agree with the Republican belief, right? But you know, in my opinion, that's the kind of the tyranny of the majority uh, that you get in a democratic system only with two parties.
1: Yeah. Well, now you've got Biden. Literally, one of his first moves in office is to restore. Or the Center for Faith and Healing. That is the weirdest thing to come out of a Democratic president. Yeah, basically doing yeah. what the the Republicans would have done in the reverse. Yeah, it's the strangest approach. But you're I, it's, we've it's, seen the changing yeah, of the guard in the past, but this is a
0: weird one. Like, and uh, you know, I've never seen such an aggressive shift. Like yeah. usually, it's a few months, you know, before they start really. You know, pumping out their uh, you know their party line and you know what they're going to be doing, but it was almost like day one. Cancels the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, there's an impeachment in Trump. He's he's been very good with. Uh, You know, not getting involved with that. I think. I think he just wants to move on and fucking do his job. Yeah. Uh, And I can't blame him. Like, if if I was him, I I I I would just not talk about Trump. I do what John Oliver's doing on his show, or no, sorry, Um, uh, Stephen Colbert. He doesn't even write his name.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, You know, it's just the former president. Yeah. And anytime there's you know Trump's name coming up, he blanks it out with stars. I think that's you know a little bit to do with the cancel culture, but. You know if you're trying to you know get together a group of people nowadays that's almost what you have to do yeah you know and it's sad because it's gone from you know a nice debate like this to let's just not talk about it
1: well and that's the problem right it's one of the things that i like the most about people who are willing to have those conversations is the is the fact that i think in some cases you do have to create a martyr in order to have some conversations and i think that I think that what, what caught a lot of the Democrats off guard when Trump ran the first time was how willing the right was, was to basically throw away their moral compass— that they've held onto more dearly than anything mm-hmm. historically. Yeah. The, the ideals of religion, the ideals of a family. This is a guy who's, who openly is cheated, He's, he dabbles in looking at girls in his underage pageants, yeah. he grabs women by the pussy, oh, he likes yeah. to be peed on in Russia. This is someone who story. has, a, has yeah. a very, very colored past of basically making himself <laughs> out, out to be uh, someone who's a predator. Yeah. Uh, and someone who would go against almost everything that what I would consider the traditional Republican ideal to be. Yeah, And I think that what, what caught a lot of people off guard was how, how willing the Republicans are to do anything to win.
0: And I, I think, well, I think that, the Democrats are guilty of that, too. Oh, I mean I don't
1: know because the Democrats suck at winning they <laughs> suck so <laughs> bad at winning they're fucking horrible at it I think that's the worst part like look at the, de- the last few Democrats have, won have been so centrist My uh, favorite, yeah, I, the yeah. thing yeah. I was most excited about was that dumb blonde senator that w- decided she was going to try and impeach Biden on day one I was like huh, this is someone who's so idiotic she wants Kamala Harris as president you think that's going to go less left Oh, geez. she is a Bernie point. pawn yeah. that would be the most you <laughs> from someone from my position I'm cheering the shit on I'm like yeah impeach him do that shit I don't even know what for smelling hair cool I'll vote for that one <laughs> fucking get Kamala in we're gonna set we're not gonna have to deal with Clinton saying I'll be the first woman oh yay and we're not gonna have to see a, a person like Tommy Lauren running in the next presidency with a with a VP Ben Shapiro yeah, yeah. cause goddamn, if the first fucking female president is from the right the left loses they lose everything his, <laughs> they lose his, next thing Take you know notes. the next Take notes. <laughs> next thing you know, the next Republican president is going to be an atheist woman from uh, from, from yeah. the Middle East. There like you It's going to be the least likely candidate of all
0: time. I, I just think, like from uh, like just just in the last eight years, the, the 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 changes that the parties have made down there, and there's really only two ways they can go now. They can either agree with Trump's idiocies and you know continue fighting the him against the other uh you know the other parties until he gets either reelected or he dies which is you know in my opinion going to tear the right apart and uh you know, or they could go about it in a more Canadian or Italian way, and have multiple parties i think and I issues. think honestly that 's the way they should go because you 'd get a voice for the people that are a little more left of center, Bernie would have had a following, and he would have had you know his voice heard in the uh, in what 's their House of Commons Just, called parliament oh, or yeah. whatever yeah. Uh, you know but it, it, when you have a two party system, you have to toe the line. And the line's always close to center, no matter how, how how much you want to be different, no matter how much you want to change. Uh, you know, like, for example, like, uh, the best example of this, in my opinion, would be Ronald Reagan. He started his career as a Democrat yeah. and then became a Republican and got elected, uh, mainly because the, he, he, he kind of read the map. He said, oh, the center's shifting to this way, and he got in and did what he did. And, you know, do we want to get into that today? Up I would use, you. I would honestly uh, use but, a more uh, recent
1: example because I thought Mitt Romney was a great example of a guy who. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. State, uh, I that, feel where, bad
0: for him. He's got this nice head of hair, and it's just quickly falling out with all this Trump shit. He's probably pulling it out at night.
1: Well, I mean, but he—you got to remember too. This is a guy who, in 2012, he had to run on against <laughs> Medicare for All <laughs> yeah. as one of the only people to have successfully implemented like universal health care in his state. Yeah, he he had to argue against everything. Yeah. And there was a unique opportunity to to take that middle ground Republican. I thought he should have won. Yeah. I, I, uh, I thought he was more reasonable. At that point in time, there was so much stalemate going on in, in the House that by, that Barack wasn't able to really do anything he wanted. Right? Yeah. like, And I think that that's always going to be the unique advantage that Republicans have is if if a Democrat can't do what they want, they tend to not force it through to the same extent, whereas Republicans are like, executive orders, yeah! Like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died when? Three minutes ago? All right, we've got one on on the line. We're ready to go. Next, next, let's go! Yeah, like, (laughs) but the last time that happened, they were like, um, you can't be uh, putting a president uh, or putting a a Supreme Court justice in in your last year in office.
0: But they still did.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but that that was the argument.
0: There's always that. I mean, there's, like, it's it's on both sides of the party. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, like, it, it, it's it, that, that hypocrisy, you know, uh, where they can say one year, oh, this isn't okay for, you know, any political party to do. But, you know, the minute they have the power, all of a sudden, oh, you know, well, they did it. It's okay. Like, look at gerrymandering down in the yeah. States. oh, it's the worst. Anytime that a new, new uh, you know, uh, new government organization gets elected down there, the voting maps change. And they do it in a way that's... Back in time, it was more of a guess. Yeah, but now they have such technology and such statistics; they can literally. There was one. Uh, I think I don't know what state it was in. I think it was New Hampshire. Um, I, but uh, basically, this guy was running for uh, running for a position in office. And uh the Republicans were gerrymandering the maps. They literally cut his house out. Uh, so he was part of the more Republican uh, group of people. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't let him kind of be elected in his uh, in his town. And he was like, you know, I've seen a lot of things, but that was gangster. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know why they even allow that to happen. I mean, gerrymandering shouldn't be a thing. I think there should be a third party that kind of overlooks that, you know, to protect the people, you know, in a way that, you know their votes gonna go to a you know more equal standing but you know if if they're doing it every re-election i guess it kind of comes out in the wash either way but but i think that's one of the things is like you got to then
1: give props to the people who are straight up gangster like for for the trump out there there's also aoc who was a straight up thug and went through like ground level in a state that had been run by one dude for 20 plus years and she was like fuck it, I'm going to take him on as, like, somebody before I hit 30. Like, talk about just straight up gangster. Like, you can disagree with her policy all you want. She is... Like hardcore, she does not let up. All of those videos online, she rips into them again. Whether you're on her side or not, doesn't really matter. She's hardcore with her point. Like I'll give, it's the similar to the to the Ben Shapiro's out there. He carved a niche for himself as a guy who was one time pundit on I think a CNN, and he just had a great gotcha moment with yeah. the guy, and he just got another interview after that, and he ran with it. You take that opportunity and you and you just capitalize again and again.
0: Absolutely. Well, is there any points you want to talk about today? I mean, we haven't really been doing the. Yeah. the left versus right here we're kind of agreeing a lot <laughs> we agree on a yeah, lot yeah, we, we i we think when, when
1: the world's so fucking extreme it's it, it's almost comforting to to find like a a little bit of, of middle ground yeah, right? i could. think that's that's <laughs> probably what's what's the weirdest with it all because i would say that we we likely disagree on a lot of stuff from from taxes to to uh immigration and things of that nature but i mean on the cancel culture note i think that we probably agree there's some people who are so extreme that like yeah if 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 Epstein had avoided jail time and not died, I would have liked to see him canceled. I wouldn't yeah. want to see his shows going well, on I, or anything I, like that. I,
0: I would uh, I, I'd be the opposite. I'd say I'd, I'd want to know everything about what he did. Oh yeah, and I'd want to shine a light on it. You know that's. that's but do you kinda... really want
1: R. Kelly touring right now?
0: <laughs> like I mean, well, at the end of the day, you I'm... know, it, it, it's kind of funny that we referenced you know the the all these evil things that have happened in human past. I mean, like the Holocaust and everything else. I mean, this is gonna be the new uh, almost uh, cultural genocide is these these rich super rich people uh, being able to do whatever they want and get away with it and you know and they're doing it to the bulk of the population I mean it was thousands of children yep. uh, that they estimated Epstein was bringing to his island and his houses and all these other places I mean yeah that's gonna be the new it's not government sending people out to go fight for unethical reasons or reasons you wouldn't agree with yeah it's it's these you know
1: but they, then I guess here's the interesting mm-hmm. walk-in for someone who's a libertarian versus someone who's very much the opposite mm-hmm. side is how do you how would you propose curbing the ultra wealth?
0: Well, it's not so much the ultra wealth; that's the problem. It's it's the uh, it's the reckless endangerment of the population that the, the things they do with their money that they're somehow allowed to get away with. The, the, in my opinion, no matter how wealthy you get, you shouldn't be above the law. That's all I'm saying. Yeah,
1: it's the rule of law. Yeah, that's the, the but. We got, We also can see things that are quite obvious, in which like you know Trump is making himself above the law in a lot of different ways. Yeah. He didn't have to show his taxes, which is part of the law. But mm-hmm. then I mean, presidents being being above the law is, is a historical thing. I mean, yeah, they I mean, haven't had a congressionally approved war uh, like uh, since the eighties, since or no, since Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And so basically, every president since that time, every sitting president has been a war criminal. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So I think that like. The people being above the law is always going to be the fe- going to be the case. So mm-hmm. then, as long as wealth, extreme wealth exists, mm-hmm. there's going to be people who are willing to look the other way in order to get their hands on some of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that knowing that, we either have to curb extreme wealth or have some sort of centralized funded government or police agency or something mm-hmm. that actually is, A, with outside of the reach of these uh, super yeah. wealthy, but also able to hold them uh, uh, to account. Because yeah. I think in Canada, one of the biggest ones is... Uh, like the best example is the CRA mm-hmm. because the Canada Revenue <laughs> Agency. If ever you could define an agency as low hanging fruit only, I think that would be the perfect quote to describe how CRA operates. Because Torstar, which was the, the Toronto Star, they were the last liberal publication in Canada. They got bought by uh, Conservative Twins last year. But um, prior to that, in 2016, they had done this huge report, took about a year to do, and they had gone through all of the books. Of the top 100 companies in Canada, mm-hmm. and found that annually they sk- they skirt over nine billion dollars in taxes. Hmm. Right, five point two billion dollars comes from top five banks. Hmm. So, how does the banks how do we how do we end up having an agency that can fight against those guys when they're the ones who also are the ones paying for it? It's yeah. kind of it's kind of like the the Big Short all over again. Yeah. You're going to give me a triple A rating, or I'm going to go next door to Adam, and he's going to give me a, t- a triple next triple ra- A rating. Because if neither of you do, you're both out of business. Yeah. And then the next guy who comes in and buys up your property on for pennies on the dollar, he's going to give me a triple A rating.
0: Yeah. And you know, <laughs> in, in my opinion, you know, I think it's just more about the enforcement of the law. Uh, that that's kind of what we need to look at, not so much increasing taxes or. You know doing anything like that, the, the real only uh, purpose of government, in my opinion, should be to ensure that you know the, the, the populations secure and looked after. Uh, but you know, if, if you look at that uh, under a microscope, you can obviously start picking that apart. But uh, as a whole, you kind of say, well, should there be these companies that can operate, uh, not pay taxes, and you know, have these CEOs that are above the law or these wealthy people that are above law. No, no. In my opinion, they they should, there should be a flat tax, a lot like how they do in Russia, where everybody pays 10% of everything they buy or everything they make. And that way you're not going to have to have all this, you know, confoundry of, oh, well, I can write this off. I can write this off. I can't write that off. I can't write that off. No, it's 10%. How much did you make? It's 10% on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you're, not, you're never going to get me to argue against simplifying the tax code. Yeah, I absolutely. Think that, uh, the tax code's a joke. Uh, quite literally, every piece of legislation that's written impacts the tax code in some capacity. Mm-hmm. In the states, their tax code, I think, I think it was over ten thousand pages. I'd have to look back into that. That's probably but, right. Yeah, it's, it's probably more actually. Who yeah, knows? Yeah. it's insane, right. right? Like the to you have to have an army of lawyers in order to be able to actually navigate it. Yeah. So simplicity definitely would be an important thing. I think uh, kind of hidden in the shadows of all of this too is the fact that this entire time, governments know what you owe. It's why they can send you an error notice when you've paid them the incorrect amount. Mm-hmm. But as a handout to h and Block and Intuit and TurboTax and all these guys, they don't send you a bill they ask you to guess. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we know what you owe. Oh, well, why don't you just tell me what I owe then? Nah, no, 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 why don't you guess what you owe? Yeah,
0: because yeah, <laughs> if it's too much, we win, right? Yeah. If it's too little, well, we still Whoa. win. Oh, shit.
1: It's too little, and you. by the way, you owe me uh, the rest of it by tomorrow, or yeah. you're going to jail. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but 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 guys, Steve right there hasn't paid anything. Steve Steve's okay. Don't worry about Steve. <laughs> Steve's okay. Yeah, like it's just it's a yeah. it's an obscure system. A hundred percent. I think
0: that you know the, the only advice I give to any listeners out there is if you're in Canada and you want to ask a question to the CRA, don't call them. If you can even get them on the phone, first of all, don't uh, get an accountant. Go through your accountant. Let your accountant show who you are on paper. Yeah. Don't try to do it yourself. Pay someone to do it. Because if you get audited and you don't have an accountant, your life turns to shit. You go seven years back. Who has seven years worth of phone records? Yeah, Who has seven years worth of anything? I yeah. mean, I don't even have... I can't think of one thing in this house that's over seven years old other than, you know, a few, you know, historical artifacts I might have. I don't keep paperwork for seven years. No one does. And no one has the time to work a full-time job and figure out the fucking tax system here in this country. Well, and that's it, the same it, it, that's, thing. Yeah.
1: But on the same note then, and I, I I'll guess I'll make the public say a statement as well, if you're listening and you ever have any kind of legal issues, never negotiate with a fucking cop. Never, never under any circumstances negotiate with someone who's investigating you. They don't, none of that's binding. Nobody gives a fuck. Always call a lawyer, right? A lawyer will always be able to defend you. But one of the things that pisses me off about the both of these statements is we've just acknowledged that there are two fundamental needs that you're going to have at some point in your life, which is an accountant and a lawyer. And both of those people charge you criminal amounts per hour, right? Like on on a scale that is not worth what it's worth. It's only because it's so protected. Yeah. Right? And I think that the legal industry is one of the more unique ones in the sense that like I have all the qualifications other than the fact that I didn't want to... Work below minimum wage at sixty-hour weeks <laughs> with my first child as the only income earner. At my yeah, house, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, because that's what articling is in Canada. Because articling students were written out oh, of God. labor laws in Canada, <laughs> so there are no labor protections for articling students. I had no idea. Yeah, and you, there, kind of, there's more of... labor protections for people working on the farms in the Okanagan coming up from the from the uh, uh, South America
0: than there are for so people for law that, people that spend thousands and thousands of dollars and get a degree in law have less legal protection. Yeah. In That's- fact,
1: in fact, I actually have a heightened level of responsibility in the sense that with our our mutual former employer of the past. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There there were some advertisements that were less than clean and the problem I had not I mean ethically sure I don't agree with with ever deceiving people but the problem I have is if any of my customers ever called that out, I can't claim negligence. Yeah. So I get no benefit other than I now know how to navigate. So I guess if I decided to be a murderer, I would be really good at it. <laughs> but but I, have, I have no advantages because of this other yeah. than, hey, I'm 60 grand lighter in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. And I can talk circles around people who think they know shit. You know, that's that's uh, about it.
0: That, that's, that's just the hilarious thing. I mean, like, uh, yeah, no, good point, good point for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's kind of the unique aspect. I think that if we're going to have a pay-to-play system, then we have to acknowledge the aspects of that system that are necessities, right? Mm-hmm. And we skirt past those. I think that that at the end of the day one thing that we would definitely agree on is a reform of our education system would have to be central to all of it because- well i i
0: think uh I, I, gotta, I gotta be delicate here my wife works as a teacher mm-hmm. so uh i think our education system here in in uh in alberta it could absolutely use an overhaul i think a police agency as well and you know if uh if any if any you know um more separatist-leaning right-wing people are listening to this podcast, the three things I'd recommend we start doing is grow a spine so we can stand up to the, uh, the, you know, out east there privatize our police force for alberta make one central police force you know this would be a very simple thing to do and if the government out east loves so recklessly killing jobs out here like they did with the keystone pipeline which granted in a lot of ways was a bet uh but still they in one day with a little paragraph trudeau can say oh sorry you know albertans um you know, uh, we're, we're taking million. we're taking a green approach here, but you know, on the other hand, when Bombardier or you know the car industry out east wants to you know have a bailout, he's very quick to give them money. But yeah. that's his voter well, base. Or
1: when the Saudis wanted to have some armored vehicles for their genocide in Yemen, that we're now paying for.
0: Yeah, uh, no problem. No yeah, problem. Yeah, we'll send you all your armored vehicles. <laughs> go and go and kill those Yemeni kids. Yeah. But I think the big thing is, is uh, if we if we privatized our police force here, you think about the money, the amount of money that the Alberta government would save because right now we're paying for the RCMP in a lot of municipal communities. Now granted, a lot of that's subletted, but that's through tax, so yeah. that's money that the tax dollar could go to something else. Uh, then you have the sheriffs, then you have the Edmonton police, the Calgary police, the Medicine Hat police. I think Lloyd Minster has its own police and Fort McMurray has their own police. All those agencies have their own inspectors, detectives, chiefs, and they're all high high earners. I mean, yeah. you don't take a job of chief of police if. Yeah, I, I imagine they're making over 200k. I imagine. I don't know. I, you can well, fact five, check that. Well, a five-year
1: RCMP uh, makes 86k as their starting point. Yeah, so, so, so they're, but they're progressive up from roughly like the low 60s. Oh yeah, you start at point. like
0: 55, I think. But you also have they, don't they really only have a two-year depo.
1: diploma. No face-to-face interview. You don't even need
0: a two-year diploma to join the police force.
1: Uh, they've made well, yeah. There's some experiential stuff yeah. that you can have to circumvent it, but yeah, yeah. it's it, the requirements to be it is is basically. A Willingness to live in Saskatchewan for six months. That's more or less it, yep. and, a, and a heartbeat that it will allow you to, you know, run a certain distance. Well, I don't know. I mean, I the, mean, there, I'm not. Saying, I, I shouldn't yeah. denigrate it to uh, that the, the RCMP, There's definitely some value. The, the there.
0: RCMP does actually have a really good regimented system to bring in recruits, in my opinion. I mean, it does weed out a lot of the bad apples, but yeah, it, it could always be bad.
1: Yeah, well, no, I think that. I mean, it takes longer to become the manager of a Starbucks than it does become an RCMP officer. And you got to remember also, you can you can apply for RCMP at age 18, yep. which means that you can be given a gun and a car mm-hmm. and a license to drive while well distracted seven years well roughly seven years before you can rent a car from hertz It's a good point i mean there's like and and what's the reason we can't rent a car from hertz you're not considered responsible enough yeah the well, guy with a gun and a, and
0: a taxpayer paid car well i think that's always been the way that enforcement's been i mean you can send kids to vietnam that can't even vote or drink you know uh you can send women to Afghanistan. You know, and they can't even come home and, you know, have a beer. I mean, that's just, you know. We also th-
1: didn't expect the people who went to Afghanistan to get punished for the things they did in Afghanistan. As much as there might have been an ideal held above their heads that that would be happening, nobody expected that. But you see your friend getting tased because they, they what, didn't want to show their ID or, or mm-hmm. what have you. Uh, I think that's a super different
0: uh, incident, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the military has a lot more; uh, they deal with a lot of different things. It's not people in your backyard, and when you see someone in your backyard get shot for, you know, trying to get their wallet out of their pocket, you know, that's 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 that, in my opinion, is just just poor training. But you also got to remember, like a lot of these police officers, they see the worst of human society day so, after day after day. So, do healthcare workers, and, oh, man. Well, like, yeah, but you're not as a healthcare worker. You're not going into their house. And you're, you're not separating mommy from daddy when daddy's had too much to drink. In Sometimes your place. you are as a social worker, and those True. people are paid True.
1: 22 bucks an hour, True. 23 bucks an hour. And they're like, for all of the fear that RCMP officers claim to live in, and this is the statistics that's probably going to uh, upset some people, but only an average of six die a year, right? True. And that's still six too many. Don't get me wrong. I don't think anybody should be dying, but the danger you're living in is often perceived more so than it is realized. Mm -hmm. So, and I get it. Yeah, I would be fearful as well if my job is to catch people and I'm wearing something that more or less equates to a clown uniform that says, hey, look over here, I'm coming to catch bad guys. Like, yeah, I know,
0: it wouldn't make me feel comfortable uh, at all. But, But to kind of go back on the point, I mean, all we'd really have to do here in Alberta would be to amalgamate all those police agencies under one chief of police. That's going to save you probably close to millions of dollars a year in wages. And then, you know, we can kind of send most of the people who want to live out east back out east, create more Alberta jobs but the whole the beautiful thing about having a an Alberta police force that would oversee Alberta would be if Trudeau comes out with these retarded gun laws and these buybacks it would be our choice to enforce them and the OPP does it the and the the, the Quebec police do it yep. i don't know why the hell like it, it, and it strictly boils down to the fact that we don't understand uh, our tax dollars are going to fund a police force that Trudeau has control over in my opinion well the federal government so I'll kind of
1: bring it back to the constitution for or a second here because it's important so under the constitution acts uh, different heads of power grant different powers to the provinces mm-hmm. versus the states so one of the the exclusive uh, jurisdictions uh, for the federal government is the criminal law mm-hmm. so criminal law making power but also criminal law enforcement mm-hmm. and there's some overlap in jurisdiction so like drinking while driving is provincial in lots of cases but it can be federal. If you're on a, if you're on a federal highway, if you're on a highway that's interprovincial like Highway 1, yep. then that can be a federal crime. Yep. That can be federal jurisdiction. You could really get your ass kicked for it. Oh, yeah. So, there's some overlap. But I think whether or not I agree with your outcome, I think one thing that I want to point out is the entire basis of that of that belief. So, that was tested whether or not um, the federal government can make laws about anything they want without any without any basis. Mm-hmm. So the test case for that was hilariously called the margarine reference, and it was in the the mid '40s. And what it was was um, back then, when a government wanted to pass a set of laws, what they would do if if they thought that they were going to be conflicting with uh, with any jurisprudence or with any of the Constitution, what they would do is they would ask a question to the Supreme Court or, at this point, the Privy Council yep. to to get confirmation, like, hey, yeah, you can do this, most likely. Like, it hasn't been tested in court, but we're going to say most likely you'll be able to do this. Okay. So what happened was um, dairy farmers were complaining because margarine was being imported into Canada and it was taking a shot at their butter okay. reserves and their butter sales. So the Canadian government, because all of that was coming from the United States, canola, maize, all of that Fair coming enough. up, so all their oil was coming up. So um, the Canadian government said, hey, Privy Council, can we make margarine illegal? Under, under the criminal law so that, that was the legitimate question they asked and at the time the Privy Council was in England so it got all the way up to England and England was like well yeah actually but not the way you wrote it the way you wrote it is stupid so you need to rewrite it but yeah you can do it and the Canadian government went oh, well we don't really want to rewrite it but, so, but the answer stayed the same. So that, that answer going, yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as it fits a specific format is how the criminal law exists today in this country. Mm-hmm. And the crazier shit is that despite the inception of the charter in 82 and it coming into force in 84, none of that changed. We have a British court that has said that, yeah, if our federal government wants to make margarine illegal for criminal reasons, they can do it overnight. Now there's a lot of, like, international business laws that might prevent them from doing certain things, mm-hmm. but a good example is um, when we were seeing, like, a, an influx of Somali immigrants uh, about 12 years ago, right, and Alberta was getting quite a few of them, but yeah, it was coming to a lot of the central provinces, and the conservative voters were really complaining because they were getting dropped, basically, into the most conservative zones, and... So you got him in Quebec, you got him in Alberta, you got him in Saskatchewan, you got him in Man- Manitoba. Yeah. So Harvard couldn't change immigration laws. So what he did was he actually made cot illegal. Now, most people wouldn't know this, but yeah. cot is like it's a tobacco, tobacco adjacent, yeah. but it's only used by Somalis. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically it was like, well, we can't tell Somalis not to come here, but we can make them really not happy when they're here.
0: Well, I think uh, the, the, the whole, the, the big tobacco's in that too, because a lot of the, uh, the cot regulations started... I think out of the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, because these guys would come in uh, and cot is a very cheap thing to grow and yeah. uh, th- th- there's really no. Uh, I mean, if it's frozen like tobacco, there's really no I- risk of bringing in uh, like a foreign organism, like, uh, you know, with certain foods, if you bring them across the border, uh, they won't let you because there's there's risk of, you know, they're having a certain type of worm or parasite in there, yeah. fucking rape our ecosystem here. Uh, but it, with with CAT, it's actually really interesting. Um, uh, to my understanding, uh, when it started to kind of show up, uh, because of its price point, uh, a lot of these, uh, these immigrants would, would like to have that over tobacco. But there's no legislation or there's no way for them to kind of make money on CAT because, you know, uh, Virginia makes most of the tobacco for the states. It's a very big business. Florida's a huge uh, tobacco industry as well. Yeah. Um, but yet when you start seeing this this cat show up, it doesn't really react with you the same way nicotine does. It's a little more, um, I think it's a little more potent based on what I've read. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's it's almost very similar chemically compounded to yeah. nicotine. I mean, wakes you up, revs you up, makes you feel good, makes you chatty. Yeah, right, and it's like caffeine in, in a lot. I've of heard respects, it was more right?
1: mild than that, but but yeah, it, yeah. but but I guess i tried. It. Yeah, me neither. So, so uh, yeah, but it was more just the idea that like <laughs> can, Canada. More or less instructed the world on how to criminalize culture when you can't criminalize a people, mm-hmm. and the U.S. always did things way more directly. But they learned, like the war on drugs was criminalizing culture, right? Like what they did was they went after crack. They never went after powder, hmm. right? Like crack cocaine was the was the the one they were going after, and that's because crack was cheaper, so it can be moved along the inner cities.
0: But yeah, but powder cocaine wasn't hit with the same legislation. Did you know there was a guy that sold like? Crack cocaine to the White House, like just uh, basically uh, it, when it was it was under Reagan. Uh, he had uh, I think whoever uh, the FDA or uh, what do they call the themselves. DA? yeah. So they they set up a sting operation uh, for this kid to deliver, like, crack cocaine right out in front of the White House. And apparently this kid, when he got the White House address, he's like, where's that, right? And then, like, everybody started laughing. He's like, it's the fucking White House, right? Then, you know, obviously he got busted and everything else. And then it was that famous scene where Reagan held up the crack. And he's like, this was bought just outside the White House pretty much. And, you know, and you're absolutely right. Like, they didn't go after cocaine you know all the fucking wall street guys doing blow making you know millions and millions of dollars trading every day no, no 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 those guys are fine it's it's the crack cocaine that's getting passed you know and
1: that's canada's history like like lesson of history though like that's the one thing joe rogan got wrong on his famous podcast where he talked about the legal history of marijuana He got it wrong. He started with William Randolph Hearst, the the newspaper printer, right, who who was perceptually threatened by the Popular Mechanics article saying hemp's the next billion-dollar crop. Well, if you rewind 25 years from that time, what you actually get is in 1908, Canada passing the Opium Act. And what it was was... uh, for the 30 years prior we had been bringing in chinese immigrants to basically build our our railway at slave labor uh, wages True. and then we implemented a head tax to try to make it so they would stop coming but canada was still attractive then we so the head tax was 5 bucks then it was 50 bucks then it was $500 Ooh. $500 in the 1880s so you got to remember like that's that's multiple houses that's generational wealth and that's yeah, how that's much it would cost to get money. people over and chinese people were still coming so canadian government fucking pissed so they have this guy named William Lyon Mackenzie. He's uh, from BC. He's an absolute piece of shit, and, um, and yeah, he's a horrible, horrible human being. But at the time, he was he was part of like these. These white supremacist groups that uh, were—they had—they called themselves the Vancouver Anti-Asiatic League. Okay. Yeah. And
0: I gotta look into this. This is a part of history that I don't know too much about. To be honest. Oh
1: man, so it's kind of interesting. So Mackenzie, in concert with a bunch of different world powers, he was flying around and basically instructing on how they should go about this. And so the first task was they devised this legislation, the Opium Act, and what it did was. Um, they found that Chinese people really liked to smoke opium. Yeah. Right? Now, opium was incredibly popular as a tincture for white people. Yeah. So, tinctures are just like a reduction into a liquid, and you can do it as a dropper or whatever, right? And smoked opium, slightly different content, but it's not, but the, the overall effect is going to be the same.
0: Whenever I hear smoke opium, I think of that uh, Once Upon a Time in uh, New York, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, well, I think it was Robert De Niro was in that movie where he was in the opium den. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so it's... It's, it's worth a watch. Worth oh, a watch.
1: But yeah, so what the legislation did was it, it divided it into two classes. And it said, okay, smoked opium and smoked opium factories, you guys all had... So smoked opium factories had to shut down.
0: Yeah.
1: And people who smoked opium could face deportation, massive fines, and going to jail. Yeah. Whereas tincture-based opium, it was a $50 max fine, no jail threat, no deportation threat. Huh. So it was 100% uh, anti-Chinese law under the guise of it yeah when they did so then you fast forward so that's 1908 you go into 21 which is when the when marijuana got added to the banned substances now when it got added there was actually commentary in the house going what is it because marijuana at the time was actually just a mexican word for tobacco yeah <laughs> like or spanish word uh, but uh but yeah so it wasn't even a thing there had never been any case or history of it but there was this one woman an edmonton magistrate of all things huh. uh named uh, emily murphy now, Emily Murphy wrote a series of articles in McLean's magazine um, under the pseudonym Janie Canuck. Okay. And she called it the Black Candle. It was all comprised together to be called uh, become a book. And what she said was that there was a, a cr- criminal ring, an enterprise of blacks and Mexicans that are smoking this drug, marijuana, and raping white women so that they can taint the white blood supply going forward. Black History Month, February. Yeah. So yeah, delightful. <laughs> so yeah, but, but but here's the kicker because Emily Murphy, we can't make her out to be the complete and utter villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she is. You you know what her name is tied to? She's one of the five persons cases that got women the vote in Canada. Okay. So we've got her giving women a vote. Granted, white Christian women only. Yeah. But. White women that nonetheless got women the vote, but at the same time going, Yeah, but if you're not white, fuck all of you. Yeah. So what happened was those articles are what William Randolph Hearst started quoting from. Yeah, absolutely. That's what he started pulling from. So Joe just missed the Canadian part of the history there. Yeah. And I think that's the most important part is we actually taught the US how to criminalize
0: culture. That's uh, it's, uh, I love how this is all tying into cancel culture. Like we yeah. did a we did a complete three sixty. Like that's just perfect. But yeah. you know I think uh, I think at the end of the day, I mean like the, the war on drugs, I, I don't I don't see an end to it. I think it's just a very easy way for uh, for our um, executive branch to you know put people away they, they feel like are you know uh, what do the Germans call them Untermisch or useless eaters or whatever. And it, it, you put it in that case and you say well. You know, you had all these, uh, you know, black and brown immigrants coming in, smoking marijuana. And I'd love to see the statistics from those years of, you know, how many rapes actually happened. I I guarantee you there wasn't too, too many of them to justify that kind of legislation.
1: Well, no, it took, I think the, the, I'd have to go back and look, but I think it was 10 to 12 years before anyone was actually... Uh, brought in under that legislation because marijuana was just not used in the country, yeah. so it had it was had legal force, but it was never actually nobody did anything with it. That's, and, yeah, and but but I think that that's always been the threat was more of the public not towing the line. I think that that is really what we're seeing right now is there is no more line to tow. Yeah, the public's lost. We're confused yeah. because we've been basically given two lines and both of them are unattractive. We've Mm -hmm. got the far left and the far right, Mm -hmm. which you and I would normally put ourselves there, but both those lines are so unattractive that we look to the middle and have a conversation. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. And I think that's
1: the beautiful part is that's what we need to do. What we don't need to do is begrudgingly pick up a line just because it's in front of us. Yeah, or just
0: make make laws be just for the sake of making laws yeah like for example these new gun laws in my opinion with this buyback program and everything that trudeau wants to do here in my opinion is criminal theft you have a group of people that have already done the legal process got their license in my opinion there shouldn't be um all these extra laws on owning firearms once you get your license It should be, you have your license, you've been determined a citizen that can own firearms. There shouldn't be a a maximum capacity to a magazine for five rounds and a rifle and ten for a handgun. There shouldn't be bans on fully automatic weapons, in my opinion. Because if the government can give you a license to drive a car, and you can go buy a fucking Mercedes GTS that'll do 280 kilometers an hour. But they chip it. But you see, that's that's the hypocrisy of it. Like, once you get a driver's license, you can buy any car you want. But if you have a gun's license, oh, you still can't have these guns. And that that list is getting smaller and fucking smaller every year. And taking away weapons from honest, law-abiding, tax-paying citizens... Isn't going to stop crime from happening with 100 firearms.
1: Hundred percent. I would say that there's a couple of points I got to make because the utility argument has to come up. One of the reasons why guns can take a, a blow that cars and other things can't is because the economics of society are so dependent on vehicles True. at this point that its utility far outweighs its danger. True. And right? in all, in every respect, yeah. I and mean, I think that would actually be the oil argument as well. If we yeah. were going to be going like a puritan, a Al, uh, uh, pure Albertan argument is the utility far outweighs the the detractions, Mm -hmm. whether or not the detractions are
0: are, uh, gonna be realized or not. But utility really has no reverence if you have a license to own what you want. I mean, if you've already gone to the government and said, and they say it's okay for you to own these, And you've done your practice course. I'm not bashing that. I think the way we set up the uh, the education for firearms in this country is excellent. Yep. We make we make sure that people uh, you know have to have references. There's a number you can call. You can call that number anytime if someone that owns firearms is having a bad day or you're a little worried about them. The RCMP will show up and help out. Now, I think that's a brilliant way to go about it. What I don't think is why are there these all of a sudden ability for the government to say come in and oh well you can't have this rifle, we have to buy it back from you. And then you yeah. have to pay well, for I would me say to buy the property that I legally owned and purchased myself. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't agree with the buyback at all. I would say that a couple of things. The Harbour government removed the the tracing aspect. Yeah the so, long gun registration. Yeah, which I disagreed with because it's one of the things that does keep I think it bolsters the argument that you should be able to have your gun. Because well, that way you can track that serial number yeah. and its usage back to an actual name. Yeah. It allows for better control. And the reason it was implemented originally was in the wake of the mosque... Or not the mosque shooting, the parliament hill shooting. That's right, yeah. So to me, just it was really irresponsible to remove that. Yeah. I think that the... If anything, Chris Rock had a great stand-up community or a stand-up joke about this probably like fifteen years ago now. But he was talking about was like, I don't give a fuck about guns, man. Guns don't kill nobody. He's like, let's let's talk about bullets. If a bullet was five thousand bucks, you know, if somebody got ten bullets in them, they fucking deserved it. Dude's got fifty racks in him. (laughs) I do like that. Yeah, I've seen that. that, That that to me. I mean, we're we were talking about wealthy being able to get away with more things than other people. Oh, it might not go so well,
0: but but I gotta say the the idea of of restricting ammunition. That makes perfect sense Well, the me. problem is you can't really do that because you can manufacture ammunition, right? Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. It, you know, even even right now, it's really tough to get a lot of things you need to manufacture ammunition, especially in Canada right now, like powder or primer. Those kind of things are very difficult to come across because of the Biden election down south. All the Americans are buying it up. But you can also but, manufacture magic mushrooms. You can manufacture, yeah. uh, like, all sorts of alcohols.
1: All of them are just more inconvenient, yeah. and I think that there's no right to be convenience. Yeah. Right? As someone who likes mushrooms and who likes, uh, like, li- you know, certain substances, I'm not bitching and moaning that it's not more convenient for me to get it. Yeah, but I would be pissed off. If I if when I have it, someone comes into my house and says, "No, you can't have it." That's what I'm saying. So I mean, yeah, I, like I, I think that we yeah, have that middle I ground. I mean, there.
0: like, and it's just it's such a fucked up system in our country because like every time there's a shift from right to left you know uh, when the conservatives get in they'll take away things when the liberals get in it's almost like oh fuck you yeah. now we need to add more laws which just and fucks us by the way exactly as the people yeah. because the the extremes that actually follow those idiots are probably yeah. 30% and, of the country and and, and, now, and now you're going to have your you're going to have all these liberals out east having to pay their tax dollars to buy the guns that we rightfully owned as citizens under the laws, registered, followed them to a T, locked them up, secured them, didn't break the laws of them, only take them to the gun range to shoot them, have our ETTs in order, have our registrations in order, and we do all this stuff the government puts out there because we're law-abiding citizens, and then, oh no, 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 because of some thing that happened with an American rifle that came up the border illegally, we have to ban these firearms, too. Yeah. And it's like, well, that didn't come from anybody that was following any laws. And, like, for example, this whole magazine's having having to be pinned at five rounds for rifles. Yeah. Do you really fucking think if a guy's going to rob a bank with a rifle, he's going to have the magazine pinned to five? Yeah. It's just a, it's a surcharge at that point that police can throw at him. And well, it's
1: security theater, it, right? It, it, and that's what government's
0: known for, right? Yeah. I think
1: that, uh, I find it funny that to go to a hockey game in Canada, you have to go through, well, now you can't go in person, but but prior to the whole lockdown, you had to go through one of the most robust metal detectors ever, and at the border, only, what, one in every 10 or 15 cars gets flagged for a glove down? Yeah. Like... At what point is it going to just make more sense to have a giant fucking x-ray machine that you drive through and it just goes, Kate, you've got stuff in your side panels. Show me your registration history.
0: And cancer. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, you're welcome to Canada. You have to testicular cancer. Thank God you're here.
0: <laughs> We're x-raying everything, yeah. Oh, your daughter's pregnant. <laughs> Ooh, oh, what? Shit. <laughs> yeah. I and know, not, of course she's not. She's yeah. The baby's dead now. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Radiations. Love that radiation. Love Love it, way awesome. more Incredible
1: Hulks. The Avengers Comment of life would be amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure you can ask anybody that survived a 1980s Chernobyl. Uh, they don't get superpowers. <laughs> 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 no, we don't. You get so, leukemia and you die. Yeah, <laughs> That's really <yeah>. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, one thing that always bothers me is every time you go to the fucking dentist. They always want to do an x-ray. Yeah. Like, I I, I know, like, my wife has great benefits with because she's a teacher. Uh, but, like, every time I go there almost, it's like they're trying to scalp that. You know, it's like my teeth haven't changed. I had my wisdom <laughs> teeth taken out. That was one of the only times where I was like, yeah, you got to see what's there. Yeah. You know, you're going in, you're taking things out. But, like, every time you go, it's like... Do, do you really need x-rays, man? Yeah. Like, is, is it really that vital? Like, is it, and, and they always say, well, it's just a small amount of radiation. Then they put this big fucking, like, lead blanket over you, and they go to another fucking room, and they press the button, and you just hear this click. I don't know, man. like We have
1: lived in an industry where it was pretty common for us to ask a question like, so how much 3M do you want? Yeah. <laughs> where It's like, you're getting it, yeah. and I'm going to make sure you're paying for yeah, it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like... Much. Like, and then I think that the problem is, is kind of that whole hide the ball thing. When you have an education or, or acute knowledge that is like secret, Mm -hmm. it's like those Mr. Lube dudes who were bilking women out of 400 bucks for an oil change. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you know, well, uh, the engine was resenting the transmission. So we have to put in this new liquid because (laughs) they weren't getting along. There was a, there was this whole magnetic on attraction thing. So we got to recalibrate all of that in there. It's going to, it's. It's gonna take like at least seven minutes, but uh, four hundred bucks minimum, four hundred bucks, and you know. Like, but that kind of bullshit where yeah. you, where you're playing hide the ball with a, with an education, I think.
0: I don't know if I'm crazy for saying this, and tell me if I am. But I only go to the dentist if something hurts. Oh yeah, That's, you
1: know, I, I, I literally am thinking we have to wrap this up because my wife has to be at the dentist in forty five minutes. Oh no and kidding! She, eh? And it's only because something hurts. <laughs> no kidding! No kidding! No kidding! That's the only reason she knew She wants to go. Same same rule though. She's like, yeah, I don't really have it. No,
0: but kidding. I think
1: that. Kind of tying it back into the whole cancel culture approach here, one of the things that we could have both done when we disagreed was double down rather than explain ourselves. No. Yeah. And neither of us did that. And yeah. that's one of the things I've always respected you for, and I, I like to think that that's one of the reasons you've respected me for it. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: Likewise, for sure.
1: And I think that that's one thing that celebrities... Have uh, really shown their hand to be quite spoiled little fucks about. Absolutely. Is they double down rather than explaining themselves. Mm -hmm. So I just acknowledge the fact that what you said was more extreme than what you actually meant Mm -hmm. and you didn't think about all of the different sides of it. Because when you double down, what you're saying is, I thought of all of those angles, and fuck you for for, yeah. for, for
0: presuming I didn't. And it's an arrogance because there's yeah. no way anybody with an opinion can consider everything on the other side. No, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's part of the great thing about having a debate or even just a conversation like we're having is, you know, it kind of brings to light the other things that you might have not considered. You know, like for example, like I didn't know that. Uh, canada banned smoke opium and not liquid opium you yeah. know that's really interesting and how that tied into weed culture that's that's something that's uh that's that's, that's very interesting. Well, even just
1: into the criminal law in general right yeah. most
0: people don't realize that like the basis of our of our
1: federal government being able to make whatever the fuck they want legal or illegal is is because they tried to criminalize margarine like talk about the softest both literally and figuratively fucking way of coming about things <laughs> like, like just yeah, we're uh, we're really threatened by canola oils' uh, f- future involvement on our bread. So yeah. uh, we we need we need to ask a question. though no, like that that would have cost tens of thousands of dollars to ask if we can make fucking margarine illegal. Yeah, no kidding. Like, yeah, but, no. but that's the level of pettiness that I think both government and celebrity work with, and that doesn't get that society doesn't reflect well on society, but it also is not a reflection of society. I think the melting pots of New York they were you can you can argue from two sides you can be upset at the fact that there's a Chinatown and a little Italy and a little Japan because they were all segregated or you can love the fact that despite being segregated they all still came together and had a bunch of meals and yeah that's failed they, they, they the, the, yeah. the Yankees really yeah. and that's the same thing for me and I think that rather than focusing on the differences it's uh it's kind of like anything you focus on, right? When you're yeah. in pain, if you focus on the pain, it's going to hurt. That's why your asshole friend or or that 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 coach of yours would be like, "Oh, your left knee hurts." He'd punch you in your right arm, right? Well, yeah. that's oh, not done to hurt anymore, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever the fuck you're focusing on. And yeah. so, as long as you're focusing on the differences, which you know, like we talked about earlier, the 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 left social media and the right print media converging, you're you're basically just you're forced to pay attention to shit that focuses on divide rather than yeah. coming together. And it all seems to have come to a head around 2015 when I would say over 75% of Canada, North America even, was on board with the whole sit-ins on Wall Street, mm-hmm. right? We were all like, yeah, fuck big money. Fuck these bailouts. We yeah. paid for your bullshit time and time again. The like, I would say the large portion of the majority, I would be shocked if the, if the number was below 70%. Yeah was on board with that and then they were like, well, why don't we divide you by color again then so you stop agreeing because yeah. you get too powerful. No, it's true. And I think that's that's really the point that I, I would like to, to finish on is just how much more powerful we are both against, whether you think the, the enemy is big government like most people on the right do, or big industry like most people like myself on the left do, the only way for us to actually become powerful enough to fight either of them yeah. is for us to join
0: forces. That's exactly it, you know, and that's kind of the whole point of the podcast. You know, it's finding those those things that we agree on, even though, like, like you said, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say it's probably government. You're going to say it's probably industry, <laughs> and that's not going to change, but I think just being an adult about it uh and having a conversation rather than just saying no no it has to be this yeah you know it's it's absolutely uh one of the big ways that you know society can move forward you know because otherwise all we're doing is we're, we're picking apart each other and you know you, you'll sit there and you won't really achieve anything i mean the, the best form society is one that can have a, a debate yeah. you know one that can have a conversation and an understanding um, and yeah, like, I don't think you're ever gonna convince me that tax is a good thing. But, you know, you're more than welcome to try, and I'm going to listen. Because I, that's, I, I think that there's definitely some merit to listening to uh, the other side of things. I think we're foreshadowing our next conversation. So, <laughs> foreshadowing! Yeah, I would love to talk
1: about taxes. <laughs> you, mean, think, you mean theft? I, I think... <laughs> I don't know. It's someone from, who has a Soviet Russian blood in him. Uh, yeah. No, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go and uh, drive down my uh, my taxpayer funded road with uh, my taxpayer funded stoplights and wave to my taxpayer funded police who are keeping the taxpayers safe and huh. maybe walk my dogs at a taxpayer paid for park and that's uh, great yeah yeah and uh, heat my house with some taxpayer funded oil so there know. we go
0: yeah baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't hit any potholes or you'll have to pay out of oh. your own pocket to fix your untax paid for oh, a car <laughs>
1: oh, yeah I know don't remind me that's
0: oh, my man. only that's my only two cents in that debate <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah well we'll have uh, we'll definitely expand on this next week but, oh for sure uh, but yeah either way awesome chat I think that we both kind of agree cancel culture would only have a place for the most the worst
0: of the fucking worst Absolutely. and even then we still want to know your story we just yeah. don't we just don't like you anymore well yeah i mean <laughs> I, but that, that's that's a choice that you can make yeah you know it's it's not disney making the choice that i'm not going to like gina anymore it's my own choice yeah you know don't let disney say oh uh you're fired yeah. and you know uh, like i said i mean um i i feel bad that she lost her job over a, a small comment like that but you know if, if that's the way disney wants to do business i think they should really vet their people That they want to hire a little better. And, you know, like I said, I mean, hiring a UFC ex boxer, you know, maybe they don't have the same agreement as, uh, you know, more left leaning, you know, Chinese overseen. Well, then I guess we got to go. We got to keep my toe in one more time. I thought we were
1: wrapping (laughs) up. But just to throw it in there if you're a white billionaire football team owner, you might expect uh, some of your black guys to take a knee. If uh your taxpayer funded police keep brutalizing them on street corners, yeah. so canceling them would not be the answer either. I, I think agree. that you gotta
0: hear the story. Yeah, you, you gotta, gotta hear, hear the, the story from
1: both sides no matter what your argument is against yeah. it. And I think that yeah.
0: We'll uh I think we wrap it up there. Let's so, wrap it up there, absolutely all right, buddy. support some black local businesses. Uh, have a black history month. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Some campaign. Let's do it.